Welcome to the Production Talk podcast with me, Jan of mixartist.com.au. In this podcast series, we celebrate the modern way of producing music. We want to talk about all things related to songwriting, recording at home and music production. So if you produce your music at home, this is the place to be. Please subscribe and recommend this podcast to all your friends. This is the Production Talk Podcast, Episode 8. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'm glad that you're on board today. Um, today I would like to talk about the world of MIDI. Um, MIDI obviously has been around for a long time, since the 80s, and it's a very popular form of, of producing music, so that's definitely something that is useful for most of us today. Some productions, especially EDM, come entirely out of MIDI. Other recordings are pre-produced in MIDI, then re-recorded. Or sometimes it's simply a blend of audio MIDI. It doesn't really matter, but uh, it's really good for all of us to know a little bit of both worlds. So if you're an EDM producer and MIDI is your main world, it's still a great idea to know a little bit about audio, so you can lay down some vocals if you want to. Or if you're the old school rock band, it's still a great idea to know a little bit about MIDI if you just want to do songwriting while sitting on the tour bus on your laptop with headphones. So let's talk about MIDI for a moment. What do we need? Step number one is definitely some kind of an input device. That could be just a mouse and in modern doors or recording softwares, you can usually open up an editor such as the piano roll editor or whatever the name is in your um, software and just place notes with a mouse. So that is an input device by itself. Many of these programs also have a little feature where you can disable the computer keyboard and use it as a MIDI input keyboard instead. So the letters on your keyboards become then musical notes and you can literally play melodies using the keyboards built into your laptop or desktop computer. Um, that is definitely not the very best way to do it, but if you just quickly need to lay down a good idea so you won't forget about it, it's definitely worth going for. Um, it can't do a few things that we may need a little bit later, but we'll talk about this. We'll get back to this when we talk about velocity. If you want to move away from just the mouse and your computer keyboard, it's probably a wise idea to get yourself a USB MIDI keyboard. These MIDI keyboards are fairly cheap. There are some phenomenal brands around. Uh, they're very affordable. Akai comes to mind. But even cheap brands like Behringer do great gear and it will not break the bank. When you uh, buy one of those, uh, there are a few things to consider. Step number one is how many keys do you need? So if you're traveling and you're writing songs on the tour bus, maybe a small one will do. In this situation, you can probably get yourself a 25-key USB keyboard. And they're sometimes on sale for not much more than 100 bucks or so. So definitely worth going for. However, if you're a piano player, 25 keys is definitely not enough and you need to get a bigger one. They have 60 or even up to 88 keys. It depends on which size you want. Uh, another factor to consider is how many extras do you want? Uh, MIDI USB keyboards often have uh, extra controllers or 
pots or little faders on board that can be mapped to certain features and control sound that way. Some of them are very rich in additional controls, some of them are extremely basic, but the one thing you definitely need is a pitch band, which literally every single MIDI keyboard that I'm aware of should have on board. What else should we consider here? Um, don't just only think about the USB keyboard itself, because by itself it's worth nothing. It's literally like a boat anchor. They all need a driver to work. And if your driver doesn't work or is dodgy, then the nicest feel keyboards uh, is pretty much pointless. If you're on a Mac, uh, just be aware that a lot of USB MIDI keyboards work natively with the inbuilt OS X, uh, what's it called, Core MIDI? Yeah, uh, so no driver required for most of them. Some devices uh, on a Mac have additional drivers that you can install to open up additional features. That's often for the most advanced users. If you're on a PC, the driver is definitely relevant to you. Make sure that drivers are available and that drivers have a good reputation. So check the product reviews. Not every great device comes with good drivers, unfortunately, and that can really spoil the experience if the driver is not well-written or dodgy. Well, okay, but uh, for most modern devices, um, definitely the drivers are uh, programmed well, and uh, check if they're compatible with your operating system and so on. With a new USB MIDI keyboard, you can literally play the keys and it will then travel via MIDI data, via a USB lead to your computer, and then needs to be recorded into a piece of software, whatever your weapon of choice is there. As far as I'm aware, every modern door should uh, support input from MIDI keyboards nowadays. There are very few specialists that uh, are audio-only, mastering doors, for example. But all the common doors like Pro Tools, Logic, Cubase, Ableton, uh, Studio One, and sorry if I forget uh, the, all the other big ones, they all do perfectly fine with audio and MIDI. Good, so USB has the advantage it's easy to connect and many USB keyboards actually don't even need an external wall ward to run. In many cases the USB cord actually powers the USB keyboard, which makes it really easy for you if you need to travel a lot. Okay, so uh, whenever you use one of these USB keyboards, you need to select the input in your door and then you will route the data into what we call a virtual instrument plugin. Uh, some people just call them VSTs. That's not exactly correct because VST is actually a plugin standard uh, by Steinberg, the inventor of Cubase and Nuendo and other uh, gems. And uh, VST is actually a plugin format that can be used for anything, a virtual instrument or a cue or compressor or any type of plugin. However, in many situations, VSTs is often used for virtual instrument. When I talk about VI or virtual instrument, I basically mean a plugin that you feed MIDI data and it produces audio at the output. Um, a standard is probably a piano plugin um, and most doors have one on board. There are definitely a couple of extras as well. There are free plugins that we could probably list in the, in the show notes. But if you use, let's say, Ableton or Logic or Pro Tools, all of those have amazing sounding virtual piano plugins built in. And uh, you insert them across uh, an instrument channel, you play the MIDI data into it, and then you just uh, record the MIDI performance. And you can change the sound later. That's the beauty of it. 
But before we get into plugins too much and uh, the inner workings of MIDI, let's just talk about other input devices. There's something else that I want to talk about. Obviously, some people are proud owners of synthesizers. One of my favorite is, is the Nord amazing sounding one or you could take a profit or whatever you have there are so many amazing devices so what's the difference between a usb keyboard and a synthesizer it's a keyboard combined with a sound module which means the synthesizer produces sounds by itself which makes a synthesizer definitely a great choice for live performance on stage and many of these synthesizers sound absolutely phenomenal. So if you ever come across a profit, wow, wow, or the good old virus. Well, there are so many to mention. So what's different when using synthesizers instead of a MIDI USB keyboard? Well, a synthesizer does both. It works just like a USB keyboard if it has a MIDI out. In this case, you use a standard MIDI 5-pin cable and connect the synthesizer's MIDI output to your computer's MIDI input. Well, where would you find that? Have a look on your audio interface. Some audio interfaces also have MIDI I.O. at the back. Some do not, and in that case, you might need to invest into USB MIDI interface. It's just like a USB audio interface, but MIDI I.O. ports instead of audio I.O. Then you can connect the synthesizer's MIDI out to your MIDI interface MIDI input. And then from there you route the signal into your door and feed a virtual instrument if you want to do so. So in other words, a synthesizer can also act as a USB keyboard. You just need a MIDI USB interface for that. However, the synthesizer can also produce its own sound. If you have a profit, you know that there's probably very few virtual instruments that come close to the amazing sound of these synthesizers. So why not use the onboard sound? In that case, you just need to connect the audio outputs of the synthesizer to your audio interface input. Make an audio track to record and off you go. What are the pros and cons? Well, if you record MIDI and to feed a virtual instrument, you can change the performance later. So if you missed a note or you played a note too many, you can simply go into the editor and change and edit those notes. Once you do an audio recording, the same is not possible, well, with a few exceptions maybe, but definitely not as flexible. So um, it might be beneficial to first simply record your MIDI data to feed a virtual instrument plugin in some situations. There's definitely also another way where you can use, let's say, your synthesizer, only record the MIDI data first and then later feed it out of a MIDI port's output back into the synthesizer's input and then record the audio in a second take. That way you first only record the MIDI data and then later when you record the audio, that could be another take or even the same take if you are into routing, you could record the audio later on. That's up to you. We can go into this maybe in another episode if there's much interest. If you want to know more about that option, let me know in the show notes or in, in the reviews and in your feedback and I will go into more detail there. The last input device that I wanted to mention is uh, pads. Pads are input devices that don't offer black and white keys, but often individual drum pads. The Ableton Push comes to mind, but there are many other devices that offer drum pads. These pads are often great to perform rhythmical performances, such as drum takes and other, other things. The Ableton Push is definitely a great device for all kinds of creative input devices. 
These pads are often used to play drums with your fingers or chopsticks work really well as well. So they're very similar to USB keyboard, but instead of black and white uh, keys like a piano, they will offer little drum pads that you can play. So I think that covers the range of input devices. Let's talk about MIDI in a little bit more detail. MIDI is known as performance data. So when you record MIDI notes on a MIDI track or instrument track into your software, only the performance data is captured, not their sound. So what does that mean? You could play into your computer and maybe you feed a virtual instrument that produces a piano sound. After you're done performing, you could replace that with another virtual instrument that plays, let's say, organ sounds or lead synth sounds. And the same performance will now sound different. You can also go into the editor and change all the performance made. So effectively, what MIDI stores is the note that you played. They all have a note number assigned. Also the velocity. And the velocity indicates how hard you hit the keys. Effectively, on a MIDI keyboard, there are two little sensors. And as you press the button down, the key travels past the first sensor and then to the second. The distance in between is measured as a time, because the velocity, where longer time indicates a softer performance, or more gentle performance, a shorter time between the two sensors is interpreted as a hard-hitting performance. So when you play MIDI notes, the node number is stored to the computer, so is the velocity for each node. While you hold a long note, there's actually nothing really happening in MIDI any anymore. It's only at the beginning when you play the note, that's what we know as a note on command, and then a note off command as you release the key again. In between, not much is recorded. But there's also additional information that MIDI can capture, such as the pitch bend wheel. If you play organ sounds, have a play with the pitch bend, it's way too cool. This is additional data that's also transferred via the MIDI protocol. And in this case, it indicates a pitching up and down effect, which can be really, really cool sometimes. But MIDI can do so many more things. Let's just go into some more details here. Continuous controllers are very popular. Those are actually MIDI events that don't actually make themselves known as a node. Instead, they control something else. For example, continuous controller number seven is volume. If you have, let's say, a synthesizer or a MIDI keyboard with, let's say, a little fader, you can map volume number seven to it. While you play with one hand, you can then move the fader with the other and control the volume of what you play, which allows you to mix yourself as you perform. Other continuous controllers to mention is number 64. That's the sustain pedal, which usually switches only on and off. Piano players love it. If you're more into synthesizers, you really need to know about the continuous controllers 71 and 74, which is the filter resonance and the filter cutoff. Just map two of your encoders to continuous controller 71 and 74, start playing and have a listen. You'll love that. So in other words, while you perform, let's say, a synthesized bass, you can also play with an encoder that controls the filter resonance. It's a lot of fun. Great ways to make your performance more interesting. And in MIDI 1.0, you will find that everything happens on a short scale from 0 to 127. That's a number range of 128 steps, which coincidentally is actually 2 to the power of 7. In other words, in the MIDI code, we have seven bits, each one representing either a one or a zero, 
And if you look at all the possible combinations you can create using 7 bits, you will find it can have a total number of 2 to the power of 7 or 128 steps. That's why in MIDI language everything seems to revolve around this number range. Panning, for example, goes to negative 63 on the left hand side, then to 0 in the middle and positive 64 on the right hand side. That again is a number range of 128 steps. When it comes to volume, it's usually 0 to 127, while 0 is often interpreted as no sound or mute or even a note off command. 127 is then the loudest possible sound. Velocity is also scaled on 128 steps. But we're getting a little bit carried away here with the inner workings of the MIDI protocol. Well, the MIDI protocol is full of amazing theory and you don't actually need to know all about it if you want to produce some music. However, people who study the MIDI protocol will often find that the dry theory you learn there can actually be really amazing and sometimes can, you know, give you a little bit of a leap forward in your production. So depending on where you're at in your production learning curve, maybe it's worth digging a little bit deeper. The MIDI.org is the official MIDI website and all of the, the details uh, are accessible there. Good, okay, this is all for today, so let's just sum it up one more time. We spoke about MIDI input devices, pros and cons. We discussed USB keyboards, synthesizers, which have inbuilt sound modules, or drum pads such as the Ableton Push. Sometimes you need an external MIDI interface, sometimes you do not. That really depends on the gear you use. And then we spoke about the advantage of virtual instruments, uh, where you can then later edit the performance, while well, you can't do this when you do audio recordings. And we spoke about the aspects of the MIDI protocol, such as the note numbers, velocity, pitch band, and some of the most fun controllers. Check them out again. Volume was number 7, pen number 10, 64 is the sustain pedal, and 71 and 74 are definitely the fun controllers if you, if you want to produce synthesized music. They really make a huge difference and so much fun to play with. That's all for today in this MIDI-based episode. If you want to know more about MIDI, please let me know. I would really appreciate if you could please give me a review on Apple Podcast. That would be absolutely amazing. Please subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified once the next episode is out. And recommend this podcast to all your friends and fellow musicians. Thank you so much for that. This is all for now. Speak to you next time.